Hey everyone, Andrew Lopez here with Partner Channel OC, and we are here for a very special episode. I have two amazing people here. I have Marcia Reiner and I have Mr. Bruce Braveroff here. We're all together sharing some bourbon, talking a little bit about financial information, the good, the bad, and the ugly of it all. Real quick, I was a part of your conversation that you had a few weeks back, and I just thought we can come together and, and dive a little bit deeper into the good, bad, and the ugly of the financial information. So for all of you tuning in, Listen to us here. We're going to start off with the ugly. We thought well, I was starting off with the good, but we're starting off with the ugly to get Turn kicked off here. Turn it backwards. So start from the back. When it comes to financial information in a business, what is that ugly? Well, there are three parts to your financials. Mm -hmm. Every business has three parts. And the ugly, to me, is the general ledger. That's where everybody does all of their work. And the person that keeps that is constantly fighting it. And you take pictures of that during the year in reporting. And you use that information for what's then called the bad, which is doing your taxes, or the good, which is your third-party audit reporting. So you have three pieces that should be managed by different people. And so we're going to start off talking about the general ledger. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And where my specialty comes in is that uh, Bruce can get into the nitty-gritty and, and what is on the statements and, and where this information is laid down. And what I talk about is more of how the business owner uses that information and can pull data out of it to make great financial decisions. Perfect. And there, there are dashboards that the business owner should be using yes. that he's getting weekly reporting that shows he or she, excuse me, uh, where it shows where they're at, where their cash is at, what they're doing. Are they tracking? Are they, are they close to their goal? What shift can you make in one little area that can bring you closer or bring you back? How much will that shift cost you? So there's so much data in your financials, and it's really mining that data, understanding what you need to be focusing on, and how you can use that in your business to make great decisions. I use a phrase with a lot of my clients that just makes them all shake their head, and that is if you don't think you have too much information. You don't have enough. <laughs> I can bury you in information. And that's why these dashboards are so important because you can take key performance indicators and put them in a dashboard and have them where they show up on your phone, where they show up on the report, where you're watching those all of the time. And that part of your general ledger, you should be watching. You shouldn't be the one doing the work in the general yes, ledger. Yes, do not. If you're a business owner, this is not your specialty, I promise you. This is not the place that you need to be focusing on. You need to be focusing on the decisions from the data, not inputting the data. You need to have the professionals doing the data for you. And there are really, really good outsource people today to do that accounting for you. And with all of the systems that are in place, that accounting can be done for you, A, cheaper, mm -hmm. and B, much, much better than you would be able to do it in-house most of the time. Because you've got somebody that all their company does is accounting. Mm -hmm. And all they do is maintain general ledgers, and they work with all of these dashboards and all of your information. And they can e they'll even set up to where, okay, on Friday night before we go home, we're emailing out all of these reports. So. And it's their specialty, not your specialty. The other thing about it is you want to simplify your financial life, really. You want to work in the most simplified way. You don't want to have five different credit cards and you know, mismatching your personal assets with your, with your business assets. You want to have it clean. But having that professional line everything up the first time for you so you know what categories 
each piece is going into so you can extrapolate it later to work for you. That's the magic and that's what you're doing. And then when you have the data entry at, you know, my hourly rate is, is not a data entry rate. So if my hourly rate is 300 bucks an hour and, and, and your staff or your accountant's hourly rate is $50 an hour for data entry, then that's a better use of that time than your own use. So you can focus on growing your business and, and doing the things that need to be done at your genius, at your price point. Mm -hmm. the, the, with the partners that you can use, the way you can do this, it, somebody like me, I mean, once a month, I sit down and go through the general ledger. Mm -hmm. I go through it and make sure that everything has been coded correctly or categorized correctly because... Uh, what'll happen is, uh, I've got this with a client just that happened recently, is they were writing off, expensing all of their equipment. Well, the problem with that is, as far as the tax person is concerned, it doesn't make any difference. But if we put it, if we capitalize it and depreciate it, that makes a big difference on the financial side and the audit side. It also makes a big difference even on your taxes when you go to figure cash flow. So it's, where do these things go and how do you do it? And what do you do? And somebody needs to be watching it that understands. And even the really good accountants I work with will call me and say, Bruce, do you want this here or there? Mm -hmm. Because it's never black and white. It, and the problem is, is you can do both. And a, and a tax person will say expensing it or, or capitalizing it and depreciating it makes no difference to you in the long run. Well, they're just thinking about the tax consequences. It makes a big difference in the audit or your financial side, but it also makes a big difference on your taxes because if you go to do a government program, which uses your taxes, they'll add those numbers back into your cash flow. Mm -hmm. So that's where. And, and then you as a business owner, that's not your job to make those decisions. You have to have a high level understanding and then your job is really to bring in the experts that can help you use that data. And, and so you can look at your taxes and make good decisions or you can look at your financial statements when you're trying to obtain money and get those pieces. But you know what, what Bruce is talking about can be a little confusing. But as the business owner, you just, again, need to know the high level and be smart enough and responsible enough to take your hands out of the books and give it to a professional. Absolutely. Quick, quick thing on the ugly, though, for those that might not fully know. So, Bruce, I know you're more of a, a nuts and bolts guy. And, Marcia, you're more of a big picture mm -hmm. strategist. So I know it's a complex topic, but to answer that, that ugly question from a quick nuts and bolts perspective... <laughs> What does that look like? It's the general ledger. It's where every transaction you do, whether it's cash, whether it's trade, whether it's credit, everything goes through one ledger in your business. And it's called the general ledger. And that is QuickBooks, simplified QuickBooks, and its very basic part is your general ledger. Your accounting program's your general ledger. That's where the information is stored, it's cared for, and then at the end of periods, it should be locked down. So like when you come to you do all of this stuff and on December 31st, everything's done. All of that information should be locked where here, it can here, never be touched again. Here's what I think he's getting at is why is it ugly? Because there's so much information on it. And, it, and if any of you have taken an accounting class, you know that it has to balance, right? So there's, there's numbers coming in and the, the opposing numbers coming out. It's all got to zero out. It's your worst checkbook nightmare ever. 
And because there's so many moving parts and so many different things going on, it becomes an ugly task. And that's why we chose the ugly word, I, because there's so much going on. I have seen one transaction for one of my clients be six entries on their accounting system. Yes. Not yes. one, it's not one entry, it's six different entries. And it can be 12 different entries depending on what's going on. Right, so you have to categorize it perfectly. And so you could take advantage of it later on. So it's gotta come in, maybe, maybe something happened and um, you've got part of that went to this department, part of that went to that department, part of that went to this department, and then to balance it out, this, this tool came in, that tool came in, and that tool came in. And so even though it was one order and one bill, you have to itemize everything on there and it becomes the nightmare, which is why we call it the ugly side. So we've talked about the ugly. Now we go in reverse, and now we're gonna talk about the bad. So Marcia, I'll start with you this time. What is that bad? Oh my gosh. The bad is the taxes. And the reason it's the, the reason the taxes are bad is because when you as the business owner are presenting your taxes to the government, you wanna take every opportunity to not pay taxes, right? You know, we're looking for tax strategies, we're looking for ways that we can cut it off and just pay the least amount of taxes. So that's why we call it the bad. Nobody ever s signs up to pay more taxes. Right, we wouldn't pay our fair share. Yeah, and, and the tax code is written to make you look your worst. You can fully depreciate a product in one year. You can completely write things off that on your financials, you wouldn't do that. And what this does is it drives your income down and it encourages you to buy equipment and it does all of the positive things the government wants you to do. And they incur taxes are a income device, but they're also an economic driver device. If you think about why depreciation, so you buy more equipment. I'm sitting upstairs right now thinking about buying a new computer and a new phone to get those deductions into this year because I can afford to do that right now. So when you talk about your taxes, you look at how fast I can depreciate things. Uh, how can I carry forward old debt? Can I do all of these problems? What do I do to write off things to make it look its worse? And what you have, you have a very, very simple balance sheet in your taxes. And it doesn't do a great job of explaining your equity. It doesn't do a great job of explaining anything. But taxes are written for one reason. Right? Yes, agreed. So the reason that, that we all got into business for um, mm -hmm. is to be able to write off our regular expenses. So as business owners, we want to take these deductions that are afforded to us by the government. Um, they want us to encourage us to spend in the economy, to create jobs, to, to buy and innovate. And so they give us these deductions. And so as business owners, that's the real key. If you're a W-2 employee, you get no write-offs. You get a standard deduction, you get your house and taxes, and that's it. So by being a business owner, you get to take those deductions and you want to take those deductions. And the reason we call this the bad is because it's gonna make your business look in the worst possible manner because we deducted everything we can possibly take out of that legally. We're not, we're not doing things wrong. We're doing things by the tax code. And that's a huge advantage for us as business owners to innovate and to put um, investment back into the economy and into our business. 
if you're growing your business, you've got a growing business, and I looked at a client the other day, that they've doubled the business over one year. Awesome. And But their EBITDA, which is what everybody measures a company's growth on, sucks. EBITDA is earnings before. before depreciation, income, taxes, and amortization. Okay, that's a big word. That's yeah. a big acronym. Yeah, but it's something that people use to measure a business. But they've done this growth. They went from 10 million to 22 million. Nice. Without borrowing any more money, they've done it all organically. Because they've done it organically, their taxes are going to look terrible. They've invested so much money back into the business. And that business, that's why they, they do that. It's encouraging you to use your own money, to put back into the business. That's what the tax code is set to do, to encourage you to invest in your company and invest in terrible or bad, and why we call this the bad, in the eyes of the IRS or in the eyes of who's seeing it. It's, well, you, it's not you, like it's a it, bad thing. No, it's, just it, it's more the numbers. Looking, right? It's more the bad numbers. So we're talking in financials, it's all about the numbers. And and when your numbers are being used, it's it's to showcase something or another. In the general ledger, we're just documenting everything. In the taxes, we're trying to make the end number. The part that you pay taxes on, the lowest possible. But, but, don't get so hung up that you drive yourself to no tax. Right, you no have to pay some. Because what happens if you don't have any taxable income year after year after year? Everybody says, well, you don't make any money, you don't know how to run your business, you're not doing these things. Mm -hmm. And what they're going to do to offset that is, well, you need to borrow money, we're gonna charge you a higher interest rate. Mm -hmm. We're gonna charge you tougher terms where maybe we would have given you five-year terms at a low interest rate, if you'd made money, we're gonna give you three-year terms at a higher interest rate. So well, you have to pay some taxes, but you manage, you know, you, you are managing this to look as positive, possibly, possibly bad as possible. That's right. And because you wanna have a little tax code. And I mean- And you wanna show that your growth. So if you, if you pay taxes on, you know, let's just round numbers, 100,000 last year, and next year you wanna pay taxes on 150,000. So you show that you're growing, but you still wanna take advantage of every opportunity possible and available for you, right? Yes, and the, the, that income line, if to me the standard is, a business ought to be making three to 7% mm -hmm. of their gross income to their taxable income. And if you're in that range, nobody's gonna worry about it. It's if you're at a negative number, that's a problem. And if you're at a really big number, 10, 15%, which I've seen, why are you there? You're obviously making too much money or you've, you've done something right that why aren't you reinvesting that money into things that would give you tax savings? And that's the thing of, I've gotten where I'm making 15%, I need to be reinvesting money. Yes, yes. It's the economy, it's what, it's what the government supports business owners, which is the hugest market. Um, the small business owner, the, the mid-sized business owner, we're not Google, we're not talking about Costco, we're not talking about the big guys, we're talking about the everyday business owners taking advantage of what's available to them so they can reinvest into the economy. And, and that's why it's, you wanna make it look bad. A small business is still considered anybody with less than 250 employees. Mm -hmm. And if you say, if you use the threshold of 250 employees, 
That's 80% of the businesses in the United States. And of that 80%, half of them are below 40 employees. So when you talk about small business, these are businesses that are, they're lifestyle businesses. They're mom and dad, they're doing their job. They're not paying as close attention to their accounting as they should, and they don't understand this piece because it'll make it easier for them to grow if they understand it and mm -hmm. follow it. Seek out the professionals, absolutely. Absolutely, it's like my great-grandfather always said, pay the professionals. Yeah. So the professionals that we have here, these are the ones you wanna connect with. So it's Thanks. a phrase that I've always stood by as a young business owner and just in general, always pay the professionals, whether it's yeah. mechanic, whether it's the financial advisor, always pay the professionals, so. Right. They spend their whole life doing this one thing. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about the ugly. Mm -hmm. We went in reverse this time. We talked about the ugly first and what that is. We've talked about the bad and what that is. So now let's get to everyone's favorite and the happiest. What is the good when it comes to financial information? So Bruce, tell us what that, what's the good? The good is your financial statements, which are prepared by your auditor. And that doesn't mean that your financials are audited, but if you go and look at a CPA firm, a big firm that does everything, they will have a tax side and then what they call the audit side. And the audit side prepares your financials that you use at your bank that they conform to GAAP, generally accepted accounting principles. And they present your business in its very best light. They show your depreciation slower, they show your income a little higher, they help you build your net worth and do all of the things that make your financial work. They do this because the design is to be able to, it's a sales device to me. If you go out and go to, you know, you go to an investor, here's my financials and it says something. You go to someone who is going to, you're buying new product from. Your business needs nuts and bolts, let's say. And you've got somebody, hey, I want the best price on nuts and bolts. Well, how do I know? Here, I'm a good credit. And you can prove these things. And those financials are really what the bank, the investment community, your vendors, and everybody make decisions off of. Yes, and I agree. As business owners, these are the documents that you're going to be looking at. So um, I may miss one or two, but the financials are actually your profit and loss statement, your balance sheet, your cash flow, um, your statement of assets. Um, what am I missing? There, well, when I was working in finance, where I was mm -hmm. lending people, they'd give me a financial, and I'd read the notes, and then I'd go back to the financial. And you should have, a good financial will have all of this information about what the company does, where its loans are, where all the assets it's are. It's even a business plan, talking about your mission and your, and your vision, and the, the corporate structure, and it's going to have your ideal client and what their values are. So it's really, it really truly is a business plan, a financial business plan, all wrapped up in a package to say, look, who, who are we? Who are we going after? And, and what's the, the financial information in our business that would make us attractive as a successful business? Well, and if you think about it, taxes look backwards. Mm -hmm. General Ledger looks at what's happening right now, mm -hmm. and the financial statements look forward. Mm -hmm. They're a forward-facing document, and that forward-facing document allows you to engage with your vendors, your investors, your customers, all of these people may need to see the information, mm -hmm. and it's, it's stuff that you want to be able to show. 
It's the good mm-hmm. stuff. That's why we call it the good Perfect. because it's showing your business in the best light. Mm-hmm. And as a business owner, that's the, those are the documents that you're really going to be digging into. Yeah, you've got your taxes. You sign at the bottom and you write your check. Um, you've got your, your daily general ledger that, that the accounting team should be working on regularly. But this is the document. These are the documents that you're really going to use to make decisions going forward. You've put your plan in place. You know that you're going to have this stream of income coming from this service. And you're going to have the whole piece going. But now you can say, gee, should I invest in this asset or this opportunity? Or should I be looking for income coming in? Or or better yet, should I be investing with a bank to get more capital to make it bigger? All of that information is really driven off of these financial documents. And that's where the business owner really gets their hands in and should understand what each of these mean and how to use those with your decisions going forward. And you should always use separate people to do this. Great. I have a story. I have a client that I've dealt with for 30 years. Family business. The, there was a small CPA firm, tax guy, audit guy. Audit guy dies. So tax guy is going to do the statements that does the taxes and says, well, I've got the format of the financials. How hard can it be to do this? And in those financials, he takes all of the depreciation, which was called Section 179, which is specifically a tax code, Mm -hmm. and he moves all of the depreciation onto the balance sheet and P&L in the financial. And what he did is he created a loss, and he tripped one of the problems the bank laid out for him. And this customer was then pushed off into the bad part of the bank, which was the workout unit, because they didn't make any money, because they lost money. Well, that depreciation number was wrong. And if they had talked to somebody like me, it would have been, well, let's fix this, and I could go explain it to the bank what it was. What happened is they got pushed off. Then they went out, and because the bank didn't want to talk to them anymore, they went to a hard money lender. Mm. And they spent four years with this hard money lender. That costs them almost $850,000. Right, because good credit and good financials, it's the same thing in the business world. So if your credit is good and you show that your business is profitable, you're going to get lower interest rates, better terms, better um, better insurance, better, you know, uh, it, it, everything, it, it, everything in your business that you reach out to to run is going to be better because your financials are showing good standing and good profitability. And if you're using your, your, your the bad that you created off of your tax time and you're bringing it in, you're gonna end up paying higher tax rates, you're gonna pay higher interest rates, you're gonna get worse coverage on all the, uh, all the insurance programs that you need to have. Workman's comp bases off your financials and your business credit. So, I mean, why would you pay more in your, in your business just on a cash flow basis why would you pay more for every single service you need because you, you didn't line up your financial documents right? And, 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 the, and it's the same information. You just didn't lay it out right. And, and like this customer that did this, they were also slow to get me involved and move back to a bank. If, you had, if they had brought me in there, they would have never gotten popped. I would have been able to solve it. If your financial information is correct, it's a big asset to you. Mm-hmm. And is it, if, is it really that expensive? 
when it cost them $800,000 over four years? Is it really that expensive to bring in and do it right? And to be able to, and Marcia is absolutely right. Your insurance company looks at this. Your bank looks at this. Your vendors look at this. And I'm going to be willing to take a better risk with a better customer. Think about, I was in the restaurant business. I did a, I've done a bunch of restaurants. Terms in the restaurant industry is 15 days. If I laid out a great financial, I got 30 days. That meant I was working longer on their money and shorter on my own. Mm -hmm. So I got three turns of sales before I had to pay for something. So that's why you use these financials. And there are three different levels to financials and not everybody needs to do them. The very baseline is compiled. And compiled is the CPA takes all of your information, puts it into their form, puts it into their notes, but it says this is the customer's management's information and we've arranged it properly. These work 90% of the time for most bank deals. The next level, maybe 80%, the next level is reviewed. And that's where the CPA will take all of your information and they do what's asset test. And they'll test some of the transactions through it. And they'll say, I've reviewed this information, this is exactly what it is, I believe this makes a great showing of what they are. The last one is audit. An audit is very expensive because the audit team literally comes in and goes through every transaction you've done. If you can get to where you're doing good quality compiled or good quality reviewed, that's going to help you borrow money. I very, very rarely see a client that needs audited quality financial statements. Of course not. I mean, unless you're asking for, you know, more than what your business can produce, you know, three, four, five times your, your, your sales. Um, I, guess, I guess the real thing is how often should you be reviewing these financial statements as a business owner? And I think most instances, you should have access to information when you're making your decisions, but at least monthly on some documents, some basic level well, things. Well, you, sh you should be using a dashboard for monthly. Yes, for monthly, but then you're never, or you're not going out and getting financing every single month. You're going out um, every three years or every five years or however often you're going to go out and get an inflow of investments or refinancing the investments you have. And that's when you have to have it all all um, perfect and, and uh, but below the audited. But I think I think the real thing is is that these can be really valuable tools in helping you make regular decisions in your business each month, each quarter when you're making your your business run. Um, they don't have to be the full on um, reports reports that that are going to do it. it. It just really needs to be that information that you understand. So if they're compiled and they're compiled great the first time, then you're looking at accurate data that you can analyze and, and make those decisions off of every month. And then when you're going out for the big money, then that's when you come in and you get the, you get the, the beautiful version of it. Well, but if it's done right the first time, it's going to be so much less to get them prepared. Well, in the, it's, it, the easiest way to do it is settle on compiled. Right. Okay. Now, every quarter, have your CPA review that compiled report and give you a new one. They're, they've got to see, they're going to have to put all 12 months together eventually. Isn't it better that every quarter you have a statement? It's going to so, make it less money in the long run. And, but it also, when you go to talk to your banker and you say, well, here's the CPA prepared for the quarter, they're going to go, 
look at these guys are on top of things. If you give them a management, it's a good management out of QuickBooks, that'll work. But trust me, it doesn't save you any money to wait a year to do all the work because they're going to do it quarterly anyway. Right, right. So stay on top of these, I guess, is what we really are recommending, is that you do them on a quarterly basis because you want to use them in your monthly decisions. And, and if you use the, the basic level on them, that's going to be fine, and it's going to get you a leg up for when you do need that financing. When you do want to bring on a partner, when you do want to impress a, a vendor that you want to get good terms on, all of these documents are so essential. And this is really the good part that the business owner wants to focus on. And again, not the daily accounting Definitely not the taxes. Write the check and, and kind of forget about it. Um, but but the financial statements for for the planning and the future of the business is where you're going to have the, the the most important. So we've talked about the three pieces of the financial information: the ugly first, the bad, and now the good. Last question I have for the both of you is: you might have touched on it a little bit earlier, but why do you need three separate professionals for the good, bad, and ugly? Well. First off, you wouldn't pay a tax person to do your general ledger. General ledger people are not real expensive. They're the people that manage your general ledger and deal with it. And that is a... Data entry. It's a, it's a data entry then followed up by someone that's an accountant who knows what they're doing. The tax person does taxes. And GAP says that the person that works your general ledger and does all of the accounting cannot be your third party reporting. So if your accountant is involved in this and your accountant's involved in the taxes, they really cannot legally go do your financials. And that's why a lot of CPA firms have an accounting group, a tax group, and an audit group. That's staying in complete cohesion with GAP. And by doing that, they're staying where they want to be. And everybody in that circle is, as she likes to say, the expert in their lane. Yes, yes. And so when you're when you're thinking about it as a business owner, obviously costs are always important to you, and you're trying to keep costs down. But when it comes to your accounting, oh my gosh, please don't skim and, and try and find shortcuts and try and do things yourself or have one guy or one team do the whole thing because you're just asking for trouble. One organization or one team or one person can't understand the brevity of understanding the data entry and all the tax possible strategies you can have, and then to be able to put you in the most best light so you can bring on partners or get money or, or create great financial decisions. There's just, it's too big of a topic to have just one. So I really recommend going on the low end, have the data entry, have the accountant oversee it, then you have the tax professional that can look backwards, and then the forward-facing strategist that can take you forward to make those decisions. Don't, don't cut your costs on this well, one. This is not the area to be well, cheap. My joke on all of this is the one-size-fits-all. No. And somebody that comes to you and says, one size fits all, and I can make it work. That's like saying, gee, Bruce, we're going to put you in a robe, and we're going to put Shaq in the same exact robe. It doesn't work. And that one size fits all, while it sounds great, never quite works. And often, it's cheaper to break the pieces apart 
than have one person do it. And it's cheaper because of the cost of doing it, but it's cheaper because of the, what those reports do for you also. And the opportunities that could come out of it. So and, go for the experts. And if, you, if it costs you, let's, let's use for easy numbers, if it costs you $5,000 a year to just do your financial report, if you're a million dollar a year company, is that a big deal? Mm -mm. If you're a $10 million a year company, but I know people, I don't need to do financials, I've got tax returns and my general ledger. Just say five grand. Where's the deal on that? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It is. And it's, it's yeah, also- It's a business expense that is so important for you to not cut corners on, so. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Absolutely, well I thank you both for for being here and extending this conversation out to you all. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've learned so much, I hope you know all of you tuning into this episode, really see the value in both what Marcia and Bruce do. So real quick, Marcia, how can people get in touch with you? Great. So my company is Bella Financial Group, and please reach out to me. We do uh, complimentary consultations to figure out how we can help you. My group is your CFO. Uh, my name's Bruce Braveroff, and uh, reach out. Like she just said, you need help, we'll come meet with you for the first time for free. Yep. Sometimes you can get both of us. Ooh, two for one. <laughs> two for one yeah. special. Right? Tell them that partner channel OC sent you to get the two for one special. But cheers to cheers. the both of you. Thank you for this. Thank Have you. heard the good, bad, and ugly with the three of us. And if there's anything else we can do for you, please reach out and let us know how we can help you out. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Thank cheers. you.